Okay. I think we're good. Are we recording? Yeah. You can see you can Sweet. see the recording thing? Yes, I can see the recording thing. I'm just making sure I can't see it. Mm. Trying to make sure we do this right. The first time. The first time. Are you going to crack out of this, dog? <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> That's the attitude. With the ag business class. All right, JC, yes. do you want to introduce Mr. Lyons? I got one over here, so that one's all yours. I know, I, I can't read from that side. That's fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, <laughs> first of all, would you prefer if we call you Mr. Lyons or Wade? Either way is fine. Okay. Wade Stearns. The Poppy. <laughs> do you want to play Poppy? <laughs> You're, you're, you're treading on thin ice. <laughs> well, we need like a cool hippie name, a hipster name. <laughs> like a hipster name. It's like. I'm 74 okay. years old. I don't need a hipster name. I'm All right. To get this one where we can both like. Right. No, I'll, I'll jump in. All right. That's okay then. Okay. Um, so today we have a guest with us for the first time in a little while. Um, Mr. Wade Lyons. Um, so do you want to head want to go ahead and um, start with an introduction talk about your upbringing and your life and how you got started in agriculture sure uh, my upbringing was I, I was born and raised in southern Ohio uh, I did not live on a farm I did not have a farm to go to or have for support um, I did however work for other farmers in the area they were all small farmers tobacco farmers uh, small livestock operations and that sort of thing. Uh, how I got started in agriculture is when I went to Moorhead State University. I was majoring in pre-vet, realized I wasn't smart enough to get through the pre-vet program, so I switched to animal science and I specialized in purebred beef production. Um, so, so you and Nick have like the same thing going on here. That's I. I majored, I started pre-vet too, and then I was like, eh, Okim is pretty hard. I don't know if I'm Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> the, the uh, physics and the calculus class yeah. kicked my butt. Right. So I, the, my GPA is going down. I need to switch. Yeah, I did something very similar with mine. So. So, and uh, I went from there to, to Belfountain, Ohio, my first job. we, My wife and I were married through college. Um, I was there for a little over a year, and, and that farm dispersed. It's probably the best farm job I ever had. Uh, we had 100 cows and, and it was easy to manage. We worked typically 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. six days a week. Had every other weekend off, so that was a good deal. Uh, from there I went to Extension at Urbana. I was 4-H agent for a year and I truly loved Fair Week, truly loved Camp Week. The other 50 weeks, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all my time inside. So that kind of brings us up to where, how I got started in agriculture. Um, I don't know if you want to just follow the agenda. I mean, if... Do you guys have questions? You, got, you know, if you, you folks have questions, jump in. What, uh, what drew you to Moorhead? My wife. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she had gone there before we got married. Okay. And she was working on an elementary ed degree. Gotcha. So we went down, took a look at it, and said... That, that's the place for us. And how far would that have been? Because you said you're from, what part is like Southern Ohio, what county? Would Jackson County. Jackson, okay, yeah. gotcha. It was about a two hour drive okay, cool. from home. So it was fairly close. So did you stay on campus or did you? 
No, we stay we home. had an off campus. We rented a small house. Our first house there was ten feet wide. Oh really? Jeez. Uh, I mean, it was just like a trailer, but it was actually a house. There was mm -hmm. two of them side by oh. side, and we knew the people in the other house. And this one became available again. The stars lined up, and that's typically what we find that happens to us. Yeah. So. I don't know. I may miss it. Did you say what county you were the extension agent for? It was Champaign County. Champaign. Okay, yeah, so Atlanta. that's still pretty local. Um, I mean, I'm pretty active with Montgomery County Junior, junior Fair and 4-H and stuff. My mom's a 4-H advisor, and I'm the vice president of our Junior Fair board. Um, and I think we talked about camp in a well fair week in our was it our FFA episode? Um, yes. I think we all kind of shared. FAUs and, yeah. That was yeah. our third so, episode. Poppy always likes to ask a fun question, and since you have already said that um, Fair Week was probably one of your favorites, what was um, like your favorite thing about County Fair? Because, I mean, there's so many things to pick from. Um, for me, it was the, the livestock shows, watching yeah. the kids uh, go through the evaluation process, the learning process, and even the sale itself. You know. It's hard for a nine-year-old child to watch their steer or lamb or pig jump on a trailer when the yeah. when the sale is over, mm -hmm. and so the, you know again it brings about a life lesson that we can learn. Yeah, All right. I have a problem with that. I always get so attached to my animals. Like I taught my goat. Well, he knows how to. High you did five. not teach him. He that. he just got he it. He just he does. Didn't, I didn't I, teach him. He just got it. He knows how to high five. This man is so friendly. He's like a dog, but a goat. High five I love him. I, I get knocked in the head a lot by that thing. <laughs> well, she never puts her hand out to high five him. <laughs> so, normally she just is like, headbutt, and then there you go. That's how that happens. Usually because I am turned around in an opposite pin. You're making pets out and he, well, market hey, animals. I mean, I can't, hey. I, I can't say much. We have a goat named Kevin that we raised from a bottle baby, and he is my little sister's pet. To, and he'll, he's going on the truck this year. They gotta start out as your friends. Then, yes, then they yeah. get a little yeah, easier. I mean, I, then I you can talk to them. I spilled like everything about my life to this animal. Like he's my little goat therapist. Usually, yeah, I just he, he, he may out. need therapy before right, you put probably, him on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorites are the ones that are like really difficult to catch, and then once you catch them, they just do whatever you want. So I think those are the best ones because you don't get too attached. Right. But you do really well in showing me. Right. Sure. Right. Those, those, those are those like the best combination. Um, with your with your background, uh, what did you have an ag program in in high school? Then were like were you ever um, or four H or FA? Were you ever active in that I was as, not. as a youth? Okay. No, I I was not active in. in we had a small chapter. Okay. Uh, wasn't real active. The, the guy that thought it was up in years and close to retirement, and so he was just treading water. Uh huh. Um, I probably missed out on a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to, when I became an ag teacher, I had to learn a whole lot more along with the kids. Mm -hmm. And I depend, depended upon many of the mentors there at school. That was the beauty of having been at CTC, was there was a staff of 14 of us at that time. And so I could depend on them and I could ask questions and get help and get suggestions. So the ag world was very familiar to you, but the FFA world was very unfamiliar. Very unfamiliar. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was on the fast track to, to learn as we went. Mm -hmm. so. I would say I did. I was similar when I started teaching. That I got in here and, and I was in FFA, 
and I was active, but it was 10 years before. So. <laughs> totally different today. Well, a lot of it is different, not yeah. totally different. But mm -hmm. And I think it's a good difference for some things. Mm -hmm. so. You guys got more questions? I mean, you're talking about the differences. We might as well jump in. Um, so what, what do you see as like the biggest difference going to these banquets now compared to when you were running things at CTC? What are what are like the do you see major differences in how they run their programs and um, events like banquet now versus when the you CDEs were? I think have changed a lot. Okay. Typically before like the general livestock, you went to Columbus, you judged one day and it was over. Mm -hmm. Now they have preliminaries and, and run through different things which I think is all good but it is it is different difference sometimes can be great um, I just don't change for the sake of change change for a good reason mm -hmm. and that's this is and I've seen some things that just change because you know the use of rubrics I hated rubrics absolutely hated them <laughs> well, that's uh, what Nick teaches on, so... What? Well. <laughs> when have you seen a rubric this whole year? <laughs> the case things are kind of a rubric. Yeah, we need some rubrics. Case is case, okay? Case is case. There's, there's a place for them. Mm -hmm. but to base everything upon a rubric, like judging part of the procedure, if I follow the rubric, I would never see the kids judge while they participate. I'd be st sitting there playing yeah, with the forms. I agree. That is tough. That's because a... That's something I noticed in sales. Like, they never actually like pay attention to you. They're just like staring at the rubric, and they're like, "Oh, I think I heard her say this." Yeah, like yeah. it's not. Let's, it's let's not as interactive. Yeah. Right. To me, that's that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Just to focus on you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think the I, I see it too because I think the same thing. When I first uh, when I first started teaching, I saw you know like uh, I go in and I sit down. And they have this rubric. I'm like, oh gosh how am I supposed to keep all this stuff going at once pay attention figure mm -hmm. out what's going on I don't even know what she just said because I was trying to figure out if I give her a four and a half or a five and a half you know and but at the end of the day I think they do this because like uh, it's just their way to check boxes to make sure that mm -hmm. uh, they're justifying the winner instead of like I mean we can all pick the winner I think but then they have to have this rubric that says this is why they should have won. somewhere I, along the line somebody is challenged yes. in their decision right. <laughs> making so that's why we have rubrics exactly yeah no yeah. that makes it tough for sure it's, it's difficult to, I mean I, I can judge the parley pro but I can't follow the rubrics and judge the parley pro mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah or and public I mean, speaking or job interview mm -hmm. I mean maybe we just jumped in a little too like heavy as far as like using a rubric they're like I don't know maybe there's a better way to use them maybe they're being used in the wrong way I mean I think you have like you said, you have to have them, yeah. like to justify the winner. But maybe you don't have to have them. As like, detailed, maybe. Yeah, like just kind of a oh, they checked this box, this box, and this box. Mm -hmm. Now let's listen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last time I did part of pro, there's four pages of rubrics. Yeah, it's nuts. That's you can't <laughs> follow four geez. pages and watch twelve kids. Right, it's not. Okay, someone made a motion. Good job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where was that? Who was yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I heard motion. Which one no, you said yeah. it? I did take a piece of paper and draw a box and, and make the outline of the room. And so when I you you make a motion, I check where your position is. So when I get done, I've got all these check marks. Right. And I know who who participated. Mm -hmm. Right. Or somebody didn't. Mm -hmm. That to me is more important than following that box over there. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. 
while we're on CDs, what uh, what did you see? Is what was your forte when you were teaching of CDs? I what enjoyed, did you focus on a lot? I focused a lot on general livestock, but probably the most focus was the farm business management test. Mm -hmm. I think that that to me showed if a kid fully understood the concept behind agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, we were our goal was to always be in the top 10 mm -hmm. we did that i think all but one or two years out of 30 years that i taught oh wow so i never won it yeah we came close <laughs> we almost got to go to nationals one year we the first two teams got bumped and i think we were third or fourth mm -hmm. but uh, the team before us decided they were going to go so we didn't get to go uh, okay now that test was always at state convention mm -hmm. yep so now it's online well actually hmm. it was it was during this, when we first started, when I first started in agriculture, it was an all-day event. Okay. There was morning contests and afternoon contests. So you could actually be in two state contests. Also, like maybe like livestock judging in the morning, that Farm management in the afternoon. Okay. afternoon. Okay, all right. And then they switched to convention time, mm -hmm. and now it's online. Mm -hmm. So That sounds ridiculously busy. I could barely handle being a delegate in the luncheon this year. Well, and that's what, I mean, my... My memory as a, as an FFA student going to state convention was sessions. You go in, you watch some kid, you watch everybody get recognized, and there's we. I did the farm business management test there, and then um, that was it. Maybe we hit a tour up on the way, and a tour <laughs> up on the way back. But there was no career show then. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, no. Uh, How that, sad. Oh uh, yeah, that Brown Sheep Building was empty. So when I was there, Sheep but, Building. And that, and that's where the career Bricker, the Bricker building. Bricker building's cattle. Whatever that building is. You know what I'm talking about. You need to know your <laughs> You need to learn. The I know where to get. Uh, yeah, it's the general vicinity. Toothpaste building? What's the that? The toothpaste the building. Toothpaste <laughs> building. This, right. is what, yeah. this is what it's called. Uh, anybody? Um, so I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit here. Um, so Mr. Lyons was a farm manager for my family farm, um, and I just want to like ask how you how you got there and like what pushed you to to want to do that specifically. Basically, your dad. Uh, <laughs> Abe's good at convincing. He, hey, careful! He we called me one day and said, "We need to talk." I'm thinking, "What did I do wrong?" Uh, we met at Rob's for dinner. And chatted, and he says, "You know, give it some thought. Don't need your decision now, but would like to have you come out and, and, and work." And basically, my job then was to work with the younger generation to get them more involved, to begin to take over. And uh, it was it was challenging but fun. But I had five of the, the kids. I call them kids. They're they're adults, but they're still kids to me. I had them in school, mm -hmm. so. It was interesting to work with them and, and work with the family dynamics because a family farm with 16 employees is crazy. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have frustrations that normal businesses don't because they're all almost all related. All but three were related to each other. Mm -hmm. So that was another challenge. And I found out actually the younger generation was doing a better job of communicating than the older generation. <laughs> so we had to kind of switch gears a little bit. But yeah, it, it was fun, and I, and I realized after six years, it was time for me to leave. I've done what I can do. Someone else needs to step in. And we have to be adult enough and mature enough to know when, when it's time to leave. Mm -hmm. So 
I did. And I, that's, that's my third and final retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, on that subject, what, uh, I mean, obviously you've been involved in many aspects of agriculture throughout your, your career. What is the biggest change you think that agriculture has seen? Like what has affected it the most? Computers. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Uh, if you look at today's farm tractors and look at the screens inside those things, mm -hmm. uh, Just the we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you got lucky if you had a cab. Yeah. Let alone all the other gadgetry that goes along with it. And we have to be careful not to let AI control everything. Yeah. It's yeah. it's starting to get scary in the industry today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just real nervous about where we're headed. Yeah. One thing, I heard a, a, a guy, I was listening to a podcast one time, and he does farm transfers, kind of like, that's like his specialty of, in terms of like passing it on to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And he said he, what he thought the biggest change was, uh, or the biggest factor in change maybe in agriculture, is life expectancy. So now we have, you know, up to, like in that situation like dolls, you might have five, six generations living off of a farm versus you know back in the 1950s to 70s you know you, you might be looking at two mm -hmm. and and where you know grandpa could still be pushing 80 years old and still still driving a tractor every day now in in 2000 so that's changed a bunch of of how farms operate and where how much income they have to make or generate to try and keep everybody on the farm and, and so. secession is a problem passing yeah. that farm to the next generation is is a real mm -hmm. Bugaboo. Tough, yes. Uh, especially with all the rules and regulations and laws that are being passed today. Mm -hmm. uh, makes me nervous. And farming to me is very important. It was be it's been my livelihood for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And we need it to continue for hundreds of years more. Because we all need to eat. Oh, yeah. And I like food. So. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which one of you said it? I'm so glad we did these two sets. I just like it. You're this wrong. is okay. I realize this is the quietest okay. she's ever been on the episode. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, when it comes to farming and everything, obviously that would start in the classroom. So how important do you think FFA is, like, when it comes to that, and like? Being, really being in the classroom, agriculture, agriculture in the classroom, they, which I mean lends itself to FFA. They go hand in hand. I can use the FFA to help teach skills that otherwise I might not be able to teach you, such as public speaking. You know that's that's important to have as a, as as a farm person because you you may have to go to a township meeting, a county commissioners meeting, mm -hmm. to justify what you're doing at some point in time. You need to be able to stand up and present your ideas in a, in a thoughtful, timely manner. Um, you need to understand parliamentary law because people don't understand it. They have business meetings, whether it be in a church meeting, a civic group that you work, you're a member of, whatever. There's so many things that are life skills mm -hmm. that are taught through the FFA. Oh, sorry. Go I didn't ahead. mean to cut you off. No, I was just no. Saying, yeah. You're fine. Yeah, I completely agree to that in that sense because um, I, 
partook in the public speaking. Although it may, I may have gotten third place out of three, but... Um, you didn't need to say that part. Yeah, I know. You just said third place. Cut that part out. Okay. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, third place. What? <laughs> not a chance. Yeah. I not did get third place, but I did learn a lot from it. Like, I'm not good at uh, reading something word for word memorized. So you did it. You did prepared. Yeah. Oh, maybe you need to do it. It step. wasn't really, really prepared though. If you could, it, no, it looked. I really tried. <laughs> okay. Maybe you need to do extemporaneous. I mean, we had a. Yeah, I feel like that'd be better. We had a fourth in state. You, Elaine, oh, right, she, yes. she was fourth in state this year, and, I mean, listening to her prepare her speech, I mean, it just really teaches a lot. You like, dang, she's really. It really. It's and a work ethic. Good mm-hmm. It's a work mm-hmm. ethic. Listening, I mean, I I could probably recite the speech myself I as many recite, times as I have listened yeah. to it. And the creed just how many times she said it. But, like, listening to her practice and, like, you could tell she built that work ethic because she wanted it and, like, she she built it all on her own. But, I mean, yeah, it was for FFA. It was related to agriculture. But, I mean, that's a skill that you don't have to stay in an agricultural field to use. And I think that's Most of the what skills. a lot of people miss about FFA is like, oh, future farmers of America, you you guys just want to go drive a tractor. Most of the skills taught in FFA and in agriculture are not needed for farming. Most of the skills you learn are life skills, whether it be carpentry, masonry, plumbing, electrical, record keeping, uh, whatever. There's going to be right. things you can use the rest of your life. And yeah. this is one of the reasons why I stayed in, in agriculture education is because I could see a benefit. And it didn't matter if that kid walks in the door to my program. I don't say, you need to be a farmer. No, you may not need to be a farmer. You may need to work in ag business. You may need to work in something totally unrelated to agriculture. But you still take those skills with you. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean... FFA is much about um, mechanics and business as it is life skill. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, FFA is one organization. I mean, there are quite a few youth organizations out there that do this. But, I, I mean, when you think of youth organizations that really build leadership, you think FFA and 4-H. That's really what comes to mind, at least in this general area that we are in. Like, I think locally. it's pretty much nationwide. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it is nationwide, but, I mean, when you yeah. look at how many FFA members there are across the nation, mm-hmm. right? Along with 4-H members, whether whether we're talking 4-H or FFA, they're similar organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all coincide at some point or mm-hmm. another, whether that be county fair or competition. Um, I mean, yeah, like there are organizations like HOSA out there, and they're a bit they're similar to FFA, but they don't yeah. get the same reach as what we do. Right. Right, and the, all the youth organizations are great. Mm-hmm. Right. But I still say FFA is at the top. Mm-hmm. And I would have to agree. Well, what do you think FFA did to do that? Like to make their outreach, or is it just because agriculture is so important in our economy, in our country, and everything? Or, or did they do something to set themselves apart, I guess? I think mostly, they probably one of the first to start. Mm-hmm. They were part of the Smith Hughes Act of what, 1917 or 22, somewhere along there? Yep. That was part of it. They started started young. And I think 4-H was started out of a need for something for kids to do 
to represent themselves at the county fairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To take their livestock and be an active, productive part of society. Mm -hmm. So the two kind of work hand in hand. But I still, the organize, organized portion of the FFA at the district, state, and national levels is almost impossible to beat. Right. Uh, if you don't believe so, go to a national convention and set to a session. Mm -hmm. You'll come out believing it. Just stay in Indy while national conventions go on. It's yeah. wild down there. Because it, that, that, it truly has amazed me. It's just like, you know, for, from, for an organization that was originally founded as the future farmers of America, and now we live in a society where 2% of our population is actually production farmers. Actually, it's closer to one. Yeah, getting, getting closer every day. And so how how we manage to stay relevant. But we, I mean, it's the largest student organization in the in the United States. We're pushing over six, 700,000 I mean, members. We're I mean, we're going, they're starting a sister organization in Japan at this point. Are they really? Okay. They Is it Japan? I thought Japan already had one. It's, I couldn't tell you. It's an it's Asian country. I know because I see a lot of them, like the national officers go over there for their okay. training a lot of the time now. Interesting. Um, and yeah, they go I up for like mission trips. Do right. they still have the work experience abroad program? Um, I don't know. Through National FFA? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never had I a had, had three for students that. participate in that. that. Okay. That's a great opportunity. All right. One young man spent six months in Australia I'll have to on a sheep out. farm. Yeah. I want to go to Australia, Mr. There you go. Don't you? So again, a lot of doors are open. Mm -hmm. And this young man had right. nothing to do with farming, didn't come from a farm, uh, didn't go back to a farm, now resides in Florida. So Passion of his. Yep. Yep. And, and again, we realize change is constant. Mm -hmm. Let's just make sure we funnel it the right direction mm -hmm. make it purposeful mm -hmm. uh, again don't change for the sake of just making a change mm -hmm. you know we can change the color of the jackets does that really do any good no might as well keep them safe, I wouldn't look right? at that plot, <laughs> certain things certain <laughs> things are tradition right so. I mean, not to say corduroy isn't hot in the summertime <laughs> but <laughs> I wouldn't look as fly as I do in a corduroy yeah spend a week and D.C. in the middle of August wearing corduroy. <laughs> yeah. I, I wore a sports coat to mm -hmm. support them in that effect. <laughs> we only got to take our jackets off one time. Yeah. Yeah. It's WLC. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going next year, right? That's our goal. We're in, ours, well, it's in July year. now. So that's when they... Well, they've, they've got several weeks they mm -hmm. schedule it. Yeah. Isn't that like start in June and then go all yeah. the way through till August now? Uh, I think the yeah, August or July. But it starts in June now. Yeah. Um, I really do think ag does build those passions, especially because it since um, the kid that you said went to Australia. Australia, yeah, Australia. Like since he didn't have a farming background, he didn't come from any really agricultural like. Be beginning from it I really do think ag really promotes and pushes kids to build a passion in it so you said um, you talked about um, this kid did not come from a farming background do you see a difference in like open-mindedness between like kids that don't come from an agricultural background to kids that do like is there like a defined difference in like how open-minded they are or like how determined they are to do a specific thing? Not really. Kids are kids. 
just like training and judging team. I would rather have a student that knows nothing about cattle, hogs, and sheep than a person who thinks they know it all. Because right. it's easier to train them. Same way whether we're working on a tractor, whether we're building a table and shop, uh, whether we're taking a test for farm business management. Give me a person that's willing to learn, willing to think for themselves, willing to grow and push themselves. And that was, as advisor, it was kind of my job to say, I see potential in this kid, he needs to run for office. Or this kid needs to be on the farm business management team. Or this kid needs to be involved in public speaking because he or she won't shut up, but, you know. Is that why you told not, me to get I didn't look at you. I love how you just like, no, you really just like, are you trying to say something? Exactly, there you go. I didn't do anything, all right? Cha-ching, gotcha. That was cold. I agree, with, like, that's, that was, I'm that the, bell. the same way. Because like when I first started teaching, I uh, a friend of mine, he teaches down southwestern or southeastern Ohio, and then they're top ten placing team livestock teams every year. And he was on the judging team uh, the year before me at Ohio State. And I, I asked him, I was like, "Man, how are you doing this?" And uh, I was like, "See, problem is I don't have any. I don't have any livestock kids. That's what I said. I don't have any kids that are interested in livestock." And he was like, "You don't need kids that are interested in livestock. You need kids that are willing to learn about livestock." And I was like, "Oh, I never even thought about that." Yeah. So, but and he and I agree with you 100. If and that's what I would say to any kid, like the best advice you can take is be coachable. Be willing to learn. I mean, all those things you just said, I think are encompassed by be coachable to where you can yep. you can be coachable in the classroom, be coachable on the sports field, be coachable in an FFA, be coachable at your job, coachable anywhere. And I think you're gonna go places. And your job becomes easier because yeah. that happens. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because you don't have to fuss with all the little mm -hmm idiosyncrasies you're trying to change yep yep so yeah be open be open-minded be be receptive you know be that open vessel ready to take in whatever you can take in mm -hmm. Definitely. and you'll be successful in that Definitely. I'm trying to think what to say next um so we've got like five minutes left i know i'm trying to like make it quick um so we've kind of talked about the differences between um ffa now and then but um I mean, you taught at CTC, so you're only teaching. You only taught juniors and seniors, and mm, not completely. Not I completely. spent three years half time at Arcanum, and okay. I had freshmen and sophomores, juniors well, and seniors there. So, do you have a preference? Would you rather teach them all, or do you think jun juniors and seniors are a bit more mature and they have a, prepared? Yeah. Or do you like just like taking taking, oh, come on. <laughs> taking in a freshman and being like, all right, Poppy's a you're sophomore. a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> she might be next year too. Right, yeah. <laughs> what the heck is this? For? <laughs> uh, uh, age of the kid, I don't think really makes a difference. It, it begin, depends on what they come in with from home. I think, you know, again, the beauty of being an ag teacher was we got to make home visits. We got to be in that ho household or on the farm or at the apartment or out in the front yard uh, it allows us to get a better understanding of where the kids coming from I think that's critical because if Johnny's gonna misbehave probably because he misbehaved at home and probably because somebody let him misbehave or maybe he saw that as an example mm -hmm. and the other kid it really follows and toes the line their parents make them toe the line so I think that has, has something, it's a part of it, it's not everything, 
because I've had kids that had terrible backgrounds that were great kids. Mm -hmm. They overcame. They conquered it. So you really, you never really saw like that mature, did you really see that maturity difference between like teaching all grades and only teaching juniors and seniors? Was there a maturity difference? Because I mean, it really depends nowadays. Like you can have a freshman girl that's more mature than exactly. a senior. Mm -hmm. It really like, really doesn't make any doesn't difference. Doesn't make a big difference doesn't doesn't the, the the chronological age doesn't matter it they can be 45 and still be childish mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I knew it was gonna happen I knew it was gonna happen I looked over uh, yeah I think there's there's just a lot of there's a there's a flip that switches right mm -hmm. and you see it in every, and you see it in every kid and you see it in every kid maybe as a freshman or you see it as a senior or you maybe see it in them 10 years later when they run into you at the grocery store right well, one yeah. of my worst students and i say worse he, he just did he just didn't really care Are we about, talking about Abe right now no <laughs> no Caleb? He, he, Caleb. He, he, Caleb. Caleb. oh my gosh wait i have Come a question on. about that's, this. that's not point fingers now <laughs> this kid was from camden area okay you don't know him uh came back 10 10 years later and says i finally figured out what you were trying to tell me mm. Because he didn't want to get a job, mm -hmm. he didn't want to work. He wanted to run his coon dogs at night. Cause mm -hmm. When we made the home visit, there was one tied to every tree. Yeah. And he ended up in Florida working construction. Okay. And finally made a decent living for himself. Mm -hmm. But it was great when they came back and said, "I finally figured it out." <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little longer than others. Mm -hmm. But that's 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 our role as advisors is to help you get there as quick as possible. Mm -hmm whether it be today or tomorrow or 10 years from now. Don't don't be too hard on your ag advisor. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm not hard on him. I'm a delight. <laughs> I'm a delight. not what you were telling me earlier. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, wait, that's not what I was telling you earlier? What he was telling you it's earlier? It's not what you were telling me earlier. What do you mean? I'm a delight. <laughs> you see it right here? No. Something like that. Oh man, what else? What else you got on there, guys? I mean, we're really we're down to our last bullet point. Somebody ask it. Um, so we've mentioned that you taught at um, CTC. Um, do you think there's been an evolution? Can, in you, can you elaborate for our national listeners what CTC um, is? National, we have national <laughs> listeners. Hey, we got listeners over in uh, Brussels. Ger yeah, Germany. <laughs> Brussels. Yeah. You ever heard of Brussels? <laughs> not Brussels. <laughs> she was going to say not Brussels sprouts. I know that's what she was going to say. <laughs> Do you have a problem with Brussels sprouts? <laughs> no, I love them. But I was just going to shut up. Oh, okay. um, so CTC is um, it's a career technology. Oops. Bell. What do I have to say about five minutes later? Oh. Um, CTC is a uh, it's a local career technology center. Um, for Miami Valley, uh, the area of Miami Valley. It's a vocational school. Yeah. Um, so do you do you think there's been a, a difference or an evolution in CTC's ag program or CTC I mean, in general since when you yes. left? Yes. It's Obviously it's grown. Yeah. Overall, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, portions have shrank, too. Mm. Right. We have lost farmland to building projects and to other programs to reduce their to me, reduce their opportunities for some of their students to learn more skills. But that's 
I'm partial to that because mm -hmm. I helped develop it. But uh, yeah, when I started, we had a three-hour lab and a 90-minute related class. Now they have a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour lab, and the related time is taken out of that. The rest of the time is spent in academic classes. So we've, we've, there's been a shift to some some adding of academic classes. Mm -hmm. uh, necessary to meet state requirements. I understand that. But we're, we're not getting the skill level of training in the kids we had before. Because we don't spend as much time doing it. I mean, it's just pure and simple mathematics. You spend a lot more time doing the skills, you're going to be better at them. But like welding. That's uh, that's yeah. one thing I, ne I never realized that. So, because when I went there, it was just two and a half. I was two and a half hour, and then the rest of the day was was academics. So, but um, I didn't realize they had a ninety minute related. Mm -hmm. Okay. That seems like a lot of time. So all your class, cl all your classwork took place in the ninety minute related, mm -hmm. and then boom, you're in the lab the rest of the time. You're out, you know, were, at the bar. They had one academic class okay. per day. Okay, interesting. So that yeah, seems it was like a lot of time for academics. 45 like, minutes. 40, okay, maybe not as much. I'm thinking like, we got, I don't know. This seemed, <coughs> seemed more in my head. No, I would, and I think I would agree with that. Do you think we'll get back? Do you think, if, I mean, education goes in circles. Education like is cyclical. So yeah, yeah I, I, at some point in time, I think Go we'll see getting back to more job training. We're, mm -hmm. We need people who can do the job. We need people who can farm. We need people that are electricians, carpenters, plumbers, masons. Mm -hmm. All skill trades need people, and they're begging for them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've covered every bullet point. Good place to stop, I think. I think this is a great place to stop. Thank okay. you, Mr. Lines, for coming Thank in. You. Yeah. Thank you for inviting Thanks, me. Thanks, dog. Appreciate yeah. it very much. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I call everyone dog, but thank you for coming. <laughs> she calls all the listeners yeah. dog. Like your slogan. I won't tell you what her name is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad they set beside each other. Cool. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming in, Rashawn. That, uh, that was good. Yeah, thank good you. Yeah. That was, that was, I wasn't exactly that was sure what to expect. That was the most, that like, that's the most, like, that's the best way I can. Yeah. It's Except usually. Except you have Poppy. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely the most. It's really professional. And then there's Poppy. That's the most on task. You can hammer it all over. I need to listen a little bit of line. Okay. She does. She keeps every other.